Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 223 on Tuesday, the 4th of December, 2018. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in this strange week, which could herald the end of days as all designers salute the new 911, we'll be talking about more temporary job losses at JLR. We'll also be discussing more sparkling news for public charging points. And we find out why Alan kept his hands in his pockets on Sunday. But first, follow up. Yep. And it is to do with Carlos Ghosn. There are a couple of stories in the past week because still, again, we don't know Carlos Ghosn's side of this story. We're, the only sort of information we're getting reported is the co-defendant Kelly coming out and saying, not guilty, done nothing wrong. No, nobody's done anything wrong. This has all, all been approved by the board. The board all knew about this. Nothing wrong. Uh, that's all we're getting, really. But the Japanese authorities have extended Gone's detention by another 10 days last Friday, which is mm-hmm. the second time, and that's the last time they can do it under the charges they arrested him originally by. So it means that he has to be charged by the 10th of December. But what they've said is, oh, hang on, he could be rearrested again because those first uh, set of charges only go up to 2014. Uh, and but we've got another set of charges regards to 2017 and we're going to treat them separately and therefore we can uh, arrest him again yeah and that will essentially keep him in till after christmas if they mm-hmm. do that which the strong rumors are that they will so yeah that's not looking great no not really and he's you know if you want more on the kind of place he's staying as well as as well as more on the charges, obviously. Then there's a really good Automotive News Europe uh, story, which will be linked in the show notes. Yes. And there will be a link to the possibility of him being re-arrested, is how they put it, but he's sort of arrested on new charges. Yeah. So we're going to take the handcuffs off. We're going to put the handcuffs on. Yeah, there is a there is a Bloomberg article on that one. Sir. And as ever with Bloomberg, do be aware that there is an auto-playing video so just be aware that I may have used some language to describe my feelings towards the automote, the automatic playing video. Yes. Right, shall we move on? Yes. Uh, we talked before about uh, Madrid in Spain introducing, uh, looking to introduce uh, restrictions on older uh, polluting vehicles, specifically pre-2006 diesel and pre-2000 petrol engine cars from the city centre. And they have actually, they are going ahead to introduce them pretty much pretty much imminently yeah there's no exact date on this autocar article and i haven't found one but i think it's very very soon yes uh, it must be very soon because in 2020 they're looking to ban older diesel and petrol vehicles entirely from the central zone yeah because the only way you're going to be allowed in to madrid with a car pre-2006 for the diesel and pre-2000 for the petrol is if you can prove you have private parking in the zone mm-hmm. so but but after but as you just said that from 2020 onwards tough luck that's given you enough time to go out and buy a new car and if you break it then there will be a 90 euro fine for every time you do yep so yes so that's coming through let's let's see what happens this is but that's the toughest set of rules so far yes and it includes petrol of, cars of too all yeah, of all the cities that were in Mexico on the city sort of conference, G40 or C40, I think they called it, 
city mayors met. But apparently that was in 2016, but I, I thought that was much more recent than that. But it was in 2016 when there was a bunch of them got together and said, no, we're going to ban cars, we're going to ban cars, we're going to ban cars. But nobody actually did. No, but then they're all starting to rump that up now, so... Yes. We shall see. Jaguar Land Rover, as I said in the intro, they announced that they will be reducing their workforce again, this time in the Wolverhampton plant. Uh, about 500 jobs, and this again, it's being uh, made clear that this is just a temporary move, and it's also being made clear that when the people are uh, temporarily told to not come to work they're still being paid mm-hmm. if they are employed directly by jaguar land rover i think is the yes way to phrase that because um yeah because uh, about half of of external and temporary workers are being are laid off as well so those employed via a third party um yeah yep so uh but on the back of that because we're presuming that's something to do with the fact that the last quarter for them wasn't great at all. Mm-hmm. So this is part of the cost savings measures they're going to bring in because I saw today it was... I've not got a link in the show notes to any of this, though, but uh, then JLR are not going to Geneva next year. Yes, I saw that as well. That that was announced. That was announced today. Uh, one other thing on, on, the, on that kind of thing coming into the next quarter, then there are discussions uh, or there have been... Muttering to rumours that I've heard, and I don't have anything that I'm prepared to share to back it up, about them going to two shifts in January in Solihull as well. So there's quite a lot of stuff happening just there. That not going to Geneva does mean that the the great bottleneck should be less of a bottleneck because there's no Ford, no, no, Volvo. no Volvo and no JLR who all live in the one kind of corner between Hall's is it horse two and three? Someone will correct me and tell me wrong. But there is a bottleneck there at the minute. But yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah, we'll see what else is at Geneva. Well, apparently, um, well, I'm not. At, I'm not surprised on one front. Forgetting the cost side of things, which obviously it is very expensive for them anyone to attend any of these shows, because I imagine the stand itself is cost of fortune. And yeah, there's all the people and all the metal you've got to get there and everything else. But JLR are a brand that has particularly been working at holding their own events for car reveals, haven't they? And they seem to have got into a bit of a flow with that, where they seem to they seem to have done it in a way that's captured everyone's enthusiasm and imagination up to now. And they've they've usually got some fun little stunt that happens as well, so it's not. A cheese fest, as it were. Yeah, they are very good at the launch stunt. But it, I, I think they've done it quite well when these things can be, you know, we've seen enough tech reveals that they are awful. They can be dreadful. They can be complete. Oh, they can. Want of a better word, they can be complete car crashes. But the JLR ones seem to work quite slickly. They put so. Professionally. Um, so I, I had a girlfriend who worked for the company. This is a pre podcast. Who worked for a company that did that, that did all the, the sort of launch type stuff and arranged all that kind of thing for for certainly for Land Rover, and they seem to be pretty slick affairs uh, by all in, by all accounts anyway, and, and the amount of planning and investment that got put into them 
Yeah. A... And you're, you're not going to run the risk either of someone else hijacking your story by revealing something you didn't realise was going to be there either. That's, that's true. That's true. From the Geo Merch Show side, I, I see that the... I see that our, our wonderful instant feedback from listeners service uh, to people paying attention to the to the live feed uh, are commenting that no wonder the ready discounted tickets for Geneva show in 2019. But there you go. I think they normally have those early bird offers. Have you got yours yet? No. We need to sort that after the show. I'm not that organised yet, yeah. It's uh, trying to corral the other two people that normally come to Geneva with me, you see. Okay. I could be nasty and say they stopped me going to the press days, but that would be terrible. It's a... But true. It's slightly true, yes. <laughs> right, cool. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, so, yeah, a bunch of electric stories this week as well. So, in a sort of slight clash, Marston's, the UK pub chain, is looking to install, is looking to install uh, rapid charges uh, at across its pub sites basically mm-hmm. i imagine that they'll be be increasing the the quality of their coffee in the meantime um, given that people really shouldn't be drinking and charging nobody could time. be de- designated driver that's true but but marston's also do hotels on the back of quite a lot of their pubs as well they do they do um, yes. so it, which is always one if you're looking for a premier inn type affair mm-hmm. and cost that's always one to remember. We are getting no money for that plug, by the way. It's just I have used them none. in the past. <laughs> I have used them in the past, and they're and they're perfectly fine. Hmm. <laughs> and that's in conjunction with Engini uh, as yes. well, who whom I don't. don't, I don't I've not really them. heard of them, but apparently they're all um, renewable energy supplied. All oh, right. Oh, fair enough. So there's going to be 400 rapid EV charges put across the, the UK. Yeah. in this deal so if it works well then it's more I mean we said this when we did Charging Around Britain didn't we we said you know if you've got a coffee shop or a, a restaurant or something like that you sh- you need to install these because you will become a magnet for people who've got the cars yeah absolutely uh, and in the interest of uh, well it's worth pointing out that the, the Charge Master and Polar started doing this a little while ago by teaming up yep. with uh, IHG yes that's true. Oh, the other thing as well, I think it's with this lot that with Ngini, mm-hmm. they you pay by contactless payment. Oh, you just membership, and you don't need connection fees. It's okay. a contactless payment. So, something else that other people have or have said in the past that is a bit of a barrier for them using EVs and charging on public networks. Uh, which is which is understandable. Yeah. Uh, having having played with that system now, it is is very understandable and is a valid concern. Other other networks have been introducing that as well because I believe it's part of the the sort of the, it's one of the things the government has laid down is that it's got to be open access to all the to all the networks. You can't just link it in. Uh, well, not to all the networks for anyone's wanting help. That means the ones that are specific to a certain American car are still specific to a certain American car. Yep. Which seems a waste because you're doubling up on infrastructure so often, but never mind. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, on the back of this as well, by the way, second part of this is a Volkswagen and Tesco are teaming up with Podpoint, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So with Podpoint to, to bring many... To bring... Uh, to bring charging points to Tesco extras and out-of-town stores as well, which is good. So Two and a half thousand 
charging bays. Yes, that's a lot of charging bays. Uh, and the joy of that would be that that uh, the slower charges uh, will be will be free if it's on a seven kilowatt, isn't it? Uh, faster charging that will be will be paid for. The only slight worry about that for me is 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 uh, maybe that the the free parking ones may mean that some of the people with uh, with rarely charged company cars might just abandon them in the space and just stick the plug into the back of them. Uh, but not actually charge because I've seen that happen before. You've got some more electric news. Yes, it is. We're continuing the theme, <laughs> but it was announced earlier in the no, the back end of last week that the electric Kia e Nero's official range has had to be downgraded because there was an error by the external company that does the WLTP testing. WLTP. Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah, you got it right. <laughs> I should hope I do after all these many times we've said it. And so they've because there was in these inconsistencies in the testing regime that these vehicles went through, they've had to reduce it down from for the sixty kilowatt E Nero down from three hundred and one miles to two hundred and eighty two, and for the thirty nine point two kilowatt down from hundred and ninety three miles to hundred and seventy nine. That's also affected the sister car, which is the Kona E V. That has dropped down from 292 to 279 for the larger one, and it is a hundred and well, that was 193 down to 179 as well. Wait a minute, so people, so that's the WLTP range of 270 something on the Kona, for where people are regularly and easily getting 260 on that. So, yeah, yeah that's pretty impressive, really. So, the WLTP is more accurate than we possibly thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Even though it's still a notional figure, still a laboratory test. Uh, yeah, to all intents and purposes, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit embarrassing for Kia and Hyundai, but it's not their fault. No, nope. you employ these independent people that you're told you must use, and if they mess it up, that's a little bit harsh for you to have to deal with that. But there yeah, you go. But that's the way I don't it is. think they'll get it wrong again. <laughs> no, I'm sure that there will be words and lawyers' letters and stuff. Yes. A little bit of FCA news. It seems like ages since we've had any FCA news. Uh, and it's very rather similar to the JLR news earlier on. The At the Mirafiori plant uh, near Turin, uh, FCA is going to lay off about half the workforce whilst it retools the entire factory to build electric cars. Currently, that factory only be, only builds the Maserati Levante uh, SUV, whose sales have not been great. Uh, they've been falling in China, Europe, and the US. It isn't a huge surprise to me. It's actually, the more I see them on the road, and they seem really quite popular in Switzerland, then the more handsome I, I tend to think they are. They are really just a jack, slightly jacked-up estate car. But every single one I see looks better than the press photos, by the way. Yeah, this this seems to be a car that is is nicer seeing it than oh, press photos can portray, which is which is unusual because normally, you know, the the press photos are all very glossy and lovely and everything, you know, they've spent a lot of money on fantastic photographers and mm-hmm. things like that. So, uh yeah, because this, uh, reading this article in, again in Automotive News Europe, I didn't realise that this was what else this factory had done, except for 
it's never really recovered since the crash in 2008 of the finance yeah. market. But it used to have the Ponto, the Stilo. Uh, is it the Stilo? Well, it had the first generation Panda, the Mito. Uh, first generation Panda, the Mito, then obviously the uh, Levante. And that's it. Well, this is all part of. So this is so what it's going to start building is stuff like an an electric version of the Fiat Five Hundred, which should just be that that's that that's an absolute total no brainer that that should exist. Yeah, and it also has about five thousand employees overall. Of those five thousand, three thousand two hundred forty five are going to be laid off temporarily whilst it's restructured, and it's being restructured in line with something we covered before. Uh, which was about trying to make better use of its plants in Italy. Because mm. as you find like this, you've got a great big factory and most of it's unused. It's yeah. building a very small number of... Um, I of, mean, they couldn't continue vehicles. like this because there, there, there cannot be enough work for 5,000 people there. No, there are. There's sim- there simply isn't. So yes, that's what's going to happen. Uh, they're going to temporarily laid off. I don't know if they're going to be paid or not. It doesn't say. No, this article oh, no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm, I, I'm sorry. It does. It says, during the layoff period, they will receive a reduced salary from a program funded by the Italian government and employers. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Mm, but it's ultimately, it's keeping jobs in Italy. Yeah, they're yeah. they're in the factory. So, so you know, that, I guess, I mean, if, has if to be If people don't have to knock down great swathes of green belt to build new factories and that's only a good thing let alone all the people in that area that it employs and the money it pours into the the city and the, the yes you know, with well, the suppliers and all that sort of stuff does when they're building more cars anyway yeah i saw on the i think it was again last week i saw tweets about fca admitting they've got maserati wrong recently again. They, they've tried to make it a mass-produced car and it or a, a you know a, a large volume car company and it's not that they've lost the Maseratiness, or whatever, and they're gonna—they're they're turning their focus onto a new design language, a new, a new bunch of products and everything, which will be interesting how to do it because they've got no cash. <laughs> well, I heard uh, interesting you say about losing the Maseratiness. I heard a Maserati owner say something like that in a in a conversation uh, not so very long ago. Either the yeah, the trouble with Maserati is they really weren't being. Maserati like and the the way that they were treating people wasn't very Maserati like either. So, mm. yep. No, it seems a, no, it's a shame. But hopefully they can come back because they're they're exciting. They're an exciting left field choice of vehicle which we need more of. Yes, and stuff like the the Grand Coupe. Have I got that right? Someone will tell me if I'm wrong. So I think it hasn't been updated in years and years and years. No. Sounds awesome, though. Yeah. Well, we've got a Quattroporte near us around here that I occasionally happen to be walking down the street and it goes past and I have to stop and take a deep breath while I listen. Mm. Very enviously. My um, <laughs> my mechanics at Be Cool, Dave had one, had a, a Quattroporte there, but it was a special edition one. And the quality, well, the quality of some of the underneaths was not great. But then stuff like all the fixings, you know, for all the pipe connectors and stuff were beautiful aircraft quality aluminium and stuff. Really nice. Um, and you thought, wow, you know, some thought has got into this. Other bits are a bit rubbishy, but but there's some really nice stuff under here. 
Well, for me, the you know that and the uh, the XJ just stand out for the large super saloons. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I mean, I realise that the Germans clean up in that market, but those those two just for me, yeah, I I'll have either of those on my drive. Well, they wouldn't fit on my drive, but you know what I mean. <laughs> either of those, thank you. You'd very have much. half of one of those on your drive. <laughs> Maybe a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think it's it's a shame that these that either the product wasn't great or whatever it was that people didn't go and buy it but uh, hopefully they can come back and and be attractive again to people Mm -hmm. and they are they are driven in the right way by the management who are controlling it and say no we're not going for two hundred thousand sales in a year we're actually going for this so anyway okay let's move on please demise in italian cars start weeping next but yes moving on the festival of the one week with an alfa romeo and that's him by the way that was good Uh, festival spoiler alert festival of the unexceptional is going to move next year it is Mm -hmm. going to the Claydon estate and just be aware that if you are considering entering your vehicle that was built between 1966 and 1996 the registration uh, will be open from the 1st of January 2019 to the 31st of May. And it's free to enter and to attend. Yeah. Also be aware that to attend, there's going to be 600 free tickets. Once those 600 free tickets have gone on a first-come, 1st first serve basis, there'll be another 400, but they'll be £5 each. So maximum of uh, 1,000 um, admitted without cards. Yep. Be aware of that. Yes, so that's that's great. I can't work out when the is there a date for when this is going to be on? Because uh, wasn't it on at the same time as the date? Yes, it traditionally has ended up being at the same time as Goodwood Festival Speed. Uh, I don't know what the date is. It doesn't say in this one here, uh, but I think the date has actually been released. Okay. In fact, it hasn't been because you know if it had been released, then Gav would have put it into this motoring research article, and yeah. it isn't in there. And they could only announce the date once they'd announced the location. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, one last piece before before the guilt minute, and that is that Tony Whitehorn, the head of Hyundai UK, has well has with immediate effect stepped down from his role. Uh, officially, he's Hyundai UK's president and CEO. He's been with the company for about fourteen years. He's quite an outspoken chap. And yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's leaving Hyundai. Well, he's leaving Hyundai, uh, but he's told to be. He's it's said that he's keen to remain in the automotive industry, and will also likely keep and will probably stay on as a some form of advisory or executive role within Hyundai. So, uh, I would imagine that he's been pinched by probably some sort of new tech venture for a humongous amount of money. Yeah, because he has brought in quite a lot of innovation well, in his tenure at Hyundai, hasn't he? Because he's yeah. he's helped bring in the pop-up stores. He's helped also uh, with the Hyundai. If you'll excuse me, then, sod the pop-up stores. When he joined in 2005, Hyundai was 23rd best-selling brand in the UK and sold 28,000 cars in a year. In 2018, they sold 93,000 and were the ninth best-selling brand, selling more than Peugeot's going to say it, Hyundai, Citroen, and Fiat. So, 
pop-up stores are great and everything, but actually the numbers are what matter. Yeah, but through doing things like the pop-up stores and for having online sales for yeah. the new Kona and things like that, he's been prepared to to do things that haven't traditionally been done. Yeah. Particularly by Hyundai and everything. But, you know, we look at the cars that would have been about in 2005 and you look at, like, in the last 18 months, they've got a, a hot hatch that everyone raves about. They've got a, a an incredibly well-received electric uh, vehicle that does nearly 300 miles which is you know we we are convinced 300 miles is the the magic number if you can get to 300 mm-hmm. miles that's ready for mass adoption now will they it's more than my petrol cars manage yeah yeah it's a, manufacturers now just need to be able to build enough for everybody because that's the that's the real problem we've got mm, now it is <laughs> it's 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 supply not not demand so much now it's the supply so and he's done a fantastic job I mean, they. You look at the the type of things that they sponsor. They get involved in. They do the the Channel Four cancer charity stuff. Yeah. They've done. The, you know, the, all these different things that have helped them do brand awareness. Oh, of course, there was the um, music awards. Yes, they sponsor that and have the vehicles for that. So you know, they they do a lot of a lot of things for brand awareness. And you know, you that has taken imagination and drive and he's obviously built a good team around him and that's i think that's more of a legacy thing for a ceo than anything else is if they if the team are producing this sort of these sort of results yes agreed have you swallowed a positivity pill or something tonight i'm sorry well, you heard me before. So I swore an awful lot. I think I got it out of the yeah. way. But no, Hyundai is a good story. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. Done um, remarkably well. So you I just can't really sound like you've difficult swallowed. For me to be negative about you. This. Just sound like you swallowed a whole bundle of their press releases. That's all. That's all. Now, come on. You know I don't do that. Oh, I know. That's I don't swallow anyone's press releases. I'm quite so surprised. <laughs> yeah. Right. Have a little break from that resounding positivity that I'm not sure I can cope with because I'm just not used to it. Uh, and whilst I take a moment to remind you to think about and consider what the motoring podcast is worth to you. If you feel that uh, our weekly news and stuff uh, is worth a small amount of your hard-earned cash, then please do head to motoringpodcast.com and click on the orange Become a Patron button there on the front page. Uh, if you're already a patron, then thank you so very much. And a special no, I don't want to say a special thanks to our new patrons because that sounds terrible to our existing patrons. But you know what I mean. To all our You're patrons. all awesome. We love you lots. You are. No, you are, genuinely. Yes. Of course, not everyone has the ability to do this, so please don't forget to like, rate, and leave feedback via the podcast player of your choice. If you've done all that, you really are wonderful. Why not accost a friend, steal their telephone, subscribe them to a podcast? They'll never know, but we'll feel the benefit. Well, they may well listen. Uh, then let then them know. Let them know. Oh, yeah, right. This is coming to you every every week that's now. True. Don't worry about yes. it. You don't have to worry about now. It's coming yes. to you. Exactly that. So subscription is good. It means it gets delivered straight to you, and you don't have to go hunt around on our website. But if you do want to hunt around on our website, feel free, motoringpodcast.com. We've also still got car stickers and... Yes, car stickers. Yes, thank you. That was really incoherent this week. It was almost. It was. Yes. Almost. Come on, Formula E. Formula E. Alejandro Agag has a little plan, he says. 
or at least he said at he Sunday, yes, teased, <laughs> at Sunday evening's Autosport Awards that he has had a meeting with Dave Richards, who's the chairman of the UK's governing body uh, on um, Motorsport UK, called Motorsport UK, to try and bring a race back to the UK, be it London, or Manchester, Birmingham, somewhere. Um, which I think would be fantastic because, of course, there hasn't been a race uh, in the UK since the since 2016 in uh, Battersea, which was a lovely yep. weekend. I think uh, reading f- extracts from this and watching the, the uh, video that London is their preferred and favourite option, but they they just want to get back into Britain as well. They do. Well, all the teams are based here. Everyone's based here. Yeah. It's a home. It's a home effort. No, no traveling for one race or one weekend. Well, exactly, and it's not just that. It's easy for their, or relatively easy for their friends and their family to come and see what they do. Yep, that's true. But this, this is also on the back of the fact that there's a consortium in Auckland have launched a bid to have a race in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. They are looking again at Russia, hoping for Saint Nobody Petersburg. Wants Russia. They didn't want Russia the last time round, so. Well, the, the promoters want Russia, and there's lots and lots of money in Russia, but Russia is just a pain for everyone involved. Yeah, there's there's Brazil and Korea as well. I mean, I could see Korea happening mm-hmm. now that there's the Hyundai and Kia are pushing but that, and the EV front as well. And there's but there's but Brazil, I think, is less likely because there's already quite a few South American races in the calendar. So, um, so I'm less certain. If they could tie them up. Yeah, but it makes an awful lot down there. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, Formula E is back relatively soon. 15th. Yes, in Saudi Arabia. Mm. Discuss. And they're also announcing the new things that are coming out in the next uh, in the next year. One of which is attack mode. So they have... No, you, di- you didn't put enough emphasis on Sorry. That. Attack mode. That's better. That's better. Thank you. That's better. So one of which is attack mode. It is essentially a power-up and a power boost to people. Now, it's not going to be announced until... The attack mode length is not going to be announced until an hour before a race, it seems, to stop all the teams running off and data modelling it yeah. in a meaningful manner. So It's It looks to, to me, having watched uh, Formula E's official video, it looks like it's a bit of a curse system mm. that they will activate no. on... It acts in well, the same way. Well, it's that sort of idea. Yeah, it's, you, it's not you a just get the, system. No, no, no. But sorry, that's what I meant. It acts like a. Uh, it, it's sort of that. To try and put it in context for people, is there'll be a section of the track that you get this power boost, in which uh, if you, I, I presume there's some criteria as well that you can that you are minimize the number of times you can use it and that sort of thing. And then if you do activate it, then it gives you the chance to overtake. The opposition, which will be interesting, considering most of these tracks are quite narrow and overtaking isn't always the easiest. Yeah. So I like the idea of this. Uh, you like it. Many people don't because they decide. Well, it's many a people don't Mario because Kart. it's yeah. Well, but they complain. They're not firing it. mushrooms out the back or anything. As they, as not they go. yet. Just wait till the next season. <laughs> Oil slicks. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Right. That's enough. Of that's that's just finished the electric stuff. Uh, this week, so, God, yeah, there was a lot, wasn't there? There was, but you've got some news on the new TVR Griffith. 
Yeah, I stumbled across this well, in car we say, we say new, it seems to have been around for years. But Yeah, yeah well, the, the new Griffiths is being, uh, Griffith even, yeah. is being, deli- it's being delayed <laughs> because people don't understand, from reading this article, just to condense it slightly, people don't understand what happens when a local government gets involved in a project and invests, that it now follows public sector EU rules mm-hmm. and everyone everyone seemed to not understand that that would delay things because it has to be put open to all of the EU to allow them to bid it has to be ratified from across. Yeah. and then it has to, uh, and then that obviously has to extend the time the leading time so I presume somebody has been kicked in the office for having either forgotten, not known this, or ignored it and hoped it wouldn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the, the Welsh government have got a 3% stake in TVR. Uh, and they've issued a 2 million loan with incentives for a factory upgrade. Uh, <laughs> so that's obviously triggered all the EU procurement stuff then. Yeah, so it's going to take a seven-month tender process. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that'll be interesting, but it'll probably end up going to a local company anyway because of their ability to deliver or something. Yeah, well, right at the end of the article talks about... It is quite um, a long article, by the way. It is. Uh, right at the end of the... Because they obviously get the chance to talk about the TVR, which everybody wants to know about. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it talks about how the... It's going to take till January next year before the tender process is over, and then they've got to build the factory and all the rest of it. So they they mention how the the car could well be built somewhere else. The first cars could be built somewhere else. Now it would make sense to outsource it to begin with, yeah. Well, if you're going to do that, why would you build the factory? Because you might want someone else to actually get it right in the first place when they whereas the factory allows expansion as well so Mm. if you do it it allows somebody else to find the flaws and to have to go through all the prototyping and the making the first ones Uh, so you get people who are proper experts in doing it to do that to solve the problems and then what happens is you then implement their processes uh, and their tweaks uh, into your own factory uh, that means that you learn from it and you retain that knowledge about actually how to build stuff. Um, and say, if you've got a factory, you can then build more of it yourself. So rather than outsourcing everything, you'd start building things in-house yourself. It makes perfect sense, really, from a manufacturing point of view. Okay, that's more positive than I was being about it. I was worried that this was going to be another Welsh government gets involved in large project and then... Like circuit of go, Wales or something. Hang on. Money. Reality. And things happen on that front which means it then just there is that but but in any case there is a good reason for doing it i mean i know we've talked about jlr and 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 laying people off in their own their own factories earlier on but if you look at it then they went to steer to to build to build the ipace because it was a whole new set of capabilities and i mean that in the proper enterprise architecture sense of the word a whole new set of capabilities were required to build electric cars Whereas it's not just, uh, whereas they are very good, they have very good capability of building building internal combustion cars and diesel cars and big off-roaders and all sorts of things that get taxed and don't do very well right at the second. 
but they don't have the capability to do that. So whilst they're building up that capability in order to implement uh, to implement electric car manufacture here in the UK, they're outsourcing to steer for the iPACE because they have expertise in doing that already. That's a good new example I'm going to use for work. There you go. Excellent. No. Mm-hmm. Well, I I just get twitchy about TVR until things are actually built, having nearly been involved in the previous attempt to resurrect the brand. Oh, okay, fair enough. I am always uh, sceptical about all of that kind of stuff anyway, and I am slightly sceptical about this. But, you know, of all the things that they're doing or they're not doing, then outsourcing to get the first few cars right and actually built and bring some cash flow in. There are worse things. No, no. Now you've explained it makes it makes a lot of sense, and I can see the the plus the massive plus points in doing it. Which means, as you say, they're at least getting something out there whilst they're waiting for their factory to be built. And you know, like you said again, you've got the expertise, and they can just pick up the tools and move them wholesale into the new, new lovely home. Yes. Anyway, enough of that. Tell us about why your hands were deep in your pockets and never came out on Sunday. It was quite chilly, and otherwise my fingers would nonsense, garbage. Come on, real reason. Real reason was I wandered uh, up the road to Stanford on Sunday morning to go and to to join uh, the auction for some of the new cars coming from the uh, a new television show called Lazy Boy Garage, which should be on Dave in February, hopefully, although exact dates haven't been confirmed yet, where Tom Ford, uh, Johnny, I've never forgotten his surname. Smith. Smith, thank you. That's terrible. Yeah, it's such a rare and unusual surname. Johnny Smith and Tim Rohde work to recommission a vehicles that they have rescued from across Europe and get them back on the road and then sell them to suspecting yeah uh, members of the public at the auction uh, that he- that was held on uh, on sunday morning and i was desperately not bidding on things because i had no <laughs> I was space consciously not and not bidding. enough free cash uh, but no it was an interesting you've got morning. tons of space now you don't have the cross so i i, I so for the uh for the prosecution, I feel, sir, that that should be struck got, off as an argument. It, I, can, it got, I can live with the cash, but the space it is got bad new. enough. It got bad enough that uh, so I naturally bumped into a, a load of people, some of whom I knew were going to be there, many of whom I didn't. And so James Ruppert of Banionomics fame is standing there going, just nudge me, Alan, and I'll bid on your behalf. Just just give me a nudge, it's particularly <laughs> over the, the, the Renault 4 van. And I don't really I've always it. liked James Ruffert. I've always I've, liked he's, him. He's a lovely chap. Um, he really is. And um, I was like, now, James, if I nudge you, ignore me. If I nudge you, ignore me. Are you sure it's just here? So, yes. So, uh, so yeah. So, so I spent some time sort of wandering around, sucking through my teeth and going, ooh, that one. Oh, oh, Oof, that was they a bit cheap. The, so um, right, they. they I'm they not going to tell you cars. too much about it, but it. No, no, no. Like I don't want. I don't want spoilers or anything like that. I'm trying we, not. We don't to. want to do that. But it looks like they've they've purchased these cars, and done them up in quite short order. They've done them right. So when you say done them up, they have taken them to a level to make them road legal and recommissioned. Sometimes that involved bodywork work. work 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Oh, sorry. I wasn't trying to imply that it was uh, full on customization or anything like that. No, no. no they've, it's not they've got them so, to a point where they are prepared to sell them as a safe vehicle. Yes, a safe and almost. So not all of them had MOTs just yet. They ran out mm-hmm. of time on that. But essentially, to to recommission them to a level where they could receive an MOT and be safe and road legal. Okay. What that meant in different cars was different things. What it doesn't mean is that they're fully restored. So this is not, oh my God, we've got a week to take it from this chassis, whatever, to to this bright sparkly thing that Concourse special. <laughs> what it abs- right, what it absolutely isn't is Pimp My Ride. Okay. If you can try and imagine the absolute opposite to what they do on Pimp My Ride, then that's this. Okay. Yeah. Did they look like they were enjoying what they were doing? Or were they all a bit nervous because this was crunch time? I was a bit nervous because it was crunch time, but they also uh, seemed to be enjoying what they were doing, yes. Good. I think there was a certain amount of relief involved because this was like the end as well. Because there's 10 of them. All right. I'm not going to ask you what the cars were. I don't want to ask you what the cars were because I want to keep that as the a secret. And I don't want to ask you. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I, I'm, I'm not clicking on the links. And I don't want to ask. Are you really keeping it that much of a secret? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to watch this fresh. I don't. I don't want to. There were I, three. I would have. There were two in a silly one. Actually, okay. no. There's three in a silly. I don't know. There was. A, the trouble was that none of them were my kind of car, really, other than the Renault Four van. But that didn't mean I couldn't see the appeal in them to other people. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, you weren't dismissing of, them, but it just wasn't for you. There was even a Range Rover that that, that I, I found very appealing. Hmm. Uh, there was a yeah, there was quite a lot of appeal, and I'm not really a fast yeah yeah. I don't. It was really good. Anyway, it was lovely to meet so many people there. So who did you meet then? So you've met James Rupert. Not, not I can't remember everyone because I'm hopeless. And there were times when I was introduced Sigh. to someone and I missed the name. I'm putting all the caveats in place first. Um, when I then, of course, missed their name and then had to smile politely and think, how on earth do I find out your name? And they never did. So I'm sorry. But yes, I uh, bumped into Cybrows and uh, James Rapper and Lewis Kingston and many others. Good. Yes. Whose name just keeping me right at the same time. useless. I'm bad, but good God, you're useless. I'm hopeless with names. And of course, I don't have any notes with me either. But it was a very enjoyable morning. It was nice and sunny. Uh, just, you know, whenever you start an auction on a car and then every single church bell within about five miles starts going, it does get a little bit difficult. <laughs> but for given it was a TV show filming, there was really very little slack time of just hanging around doing nothing. So, uh, so yeah, it was a good morning. It was scheduled. In, the schedule was like, it might go on till three o'clock and we're all done by quarter past 12. Oh, that's good then. Yeah, it was cracking. It was good. It was really, really nice morning. Looks a really interesting premise to a show. I yeah, I hope it's the second series already. I'm looking cool. forward to hearing the backstory because they intentionally didn't tell us all the backstory. Got a little yeah. bit, but not all of it. Just so that there was enough that you knew what you were buying. Okay, right. We're going to move on to a lunchtime read now to gloss over your ignorance of people's names. And it's the first time in a long while since we've had a lunchtime read, but this was on Jalopnik. And the title of this is, It may be time to admit that the Pontiac Aztec was right. Now, I've selected this 
more for what it's saying about the end result rather than the Pontiac Aztec, which doesn't mean that much to most people in the UK. It's what Walter White drove at the start of Breaking Bad. Right. I also know what it means because it's a odd-looking vehicle with lots of plastic cladding. Yes. Which not even I find appealing, by the way. But I no. actually, I really like this article because I like and the um, Mr. Regular, regular Car Reviews uh, video that's in it because of what it draws out to do with today's motoring. Yes. And uh, I think it was Stance Finland who tweeted it, which is why I saw it. So uh, thank you, Lee, for that. <laughs> but go and read it. I'm not going to spoil it, but go read it. And then I think what you'll do when you get to the end of it, hopefully, is you'll do what I did and went, oh, yeah. Hmm. A nod. Have you knowingly. only just realised that, by the way? Well, I didn't pay it any attention. But I know when I'd read the whole thing, and then it, as it was going through, I was sort of going, ah, okay, I can see where this is going. I said, yep, right. <laughs> but uh, it makes it's good points are made. And it's interesting to see the sort of evolution of a thing. So go read that, please. It, five minutes of your lunchtime. But it's well done. I think we're and finally. We are and finally because we've waffled quite a lot tonight. And finally tonight. So it is this week. It's the start of December. It's time for the automotive advent calendar from a John Mayle uh, at Mr. MRJDM. Um, the link will is be in the, the show, show notes. notes. There is also going to be a link to the hashtag auto advent hashtag, uh, as well as the, because he's doing two this year. Neither, the auto, I, I know the answers to neither of them. So it's He's doing the auto year. advent light as well for us mere muggles. Uh, and the auto advent is for the for the brain pots that have been banned from auto advent light. That includes yeah. Nirkan, yes. Dara, uh-huh. and uh, Ian Dale. Yeah, not so me. Either. They've already um, been banned so far. <laughs> so the so I mean I know that Nir has been complained that the auto advents are really hard this year. That gives you an no, idea. No, I I think I think that he doth protest too much there. I, I think that's what that is. I just get completely lost. I can never quite get it. Uh, but yes, they are happening uh, every day. Uh, do keep an eye on the Twitters and on the hashtag auto advent there. It's, just, it's brilliant. And he's he's clearly gone to a lot of effort to do this. And it's fantastic. It's for no, it's just doing this for fun. Just no benefits, just for fun. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's brilliant. I love that. It always makes me feel better about myself when other people get it right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Parish notes. Last week's rear view should be out at some point this week, perhaps. I, I am still working furiously at it. Yes. It is. It is coming. I'm sure it'll be worth it. Um, <laughs> That's it. It's a great chat. It really is. I just want okay. to make it to a point where everybody can hear it properly. Hmm. That okay, is no okay. problem. There will be a special edition on Friday as well. There will. Yep. Because they should be relatively easy. They are. Good. <laughs> <laughs> they are in comparison. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's about it for this week, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Andrew was still on the podcast talking about podcasts the other week. So if you do want to know about this podcast, other podcasts, what type of microphone Andrew uses, then do go have a listen. Mm-hmm. 
hear Andrew not know about lots of things which I was shouting at the, the thing because I know all the answers to, like, but don't know people's names. Cause I'm but sure you can people. also hear me have a go at somebody else rather than just Alan and tell them off and go into dad, dad mode. That's true. It is. It's very, very true. Anyway, should we round up there because we're we waffled lots tonight. Don't forget, folks, between now and next week, give us any feedback, share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, uh, on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Don't forget our Patreon offer available at motoringpodcast.com slash support. Please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. It really does matter. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you'll find me there. And Alan, if people want to discuss with you, how come you're always so tired when speaking to me? Is it or is it just pure boredom? What's the best way to do that with you? If you want me to tell you about how boring it is, then uh, I'm on Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley B R A D L E Y. We'll be back next week, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.